Blog Talk Radio. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Author Lenore M. Johnson comes to her new book, 101 Strategic Job Search Marketing Tips, the helpful checklist guide to all things considered workforce readiness and social media smart. This readiness guide attempts to assist the job seekers with a plan to better your career with the use of digital technology and social media. So purchase your copy of 101 Strategic Job Search Marketing Steps at Amazon.com. Also available for Kindle and Audible downloads. These books are flying off the shelves, so make sure you get your copy at www.amazon.com. Would you like to lower your gas and energy bills and earn free energy just by referring friends and family? Let Ambit Energy save you money. We offer guaranteed savings on your energy and gas bills and free energy if you refer 15 customers. Visit us at freeenergyuniversity.com or call us now at 312-498-1324. That's 312-498-1324. Who wants a J-O-B or business that doesn't work? When you've tried everything and you haven't succeeded, try something new. Try Solave. Solave, the first true social commerce company ever created. Save money and even make money. Turn being social into commerce. Visit tour.smartsocialphone.com today. Visit tour.smartsocialphone.com today. That's tour.smartsocialphone.com. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Good morning. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you, for Thursday, May 1st, 2014. This broadcast is designed to service the African-American communities in Chicago and around the world. Today's segment is called CBBN Business Journals. CBBN Business Journals will feature interviews with business owners and other innovators from around the world. All of our shows and our network have, from the beginning, been dedicated to keeping the memory and spirit of Mayor Hare Washington on our minds and in the hearts of our people. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, now available on Amazon.com. And you can get an autographed copy at AskingOurselfsTheToughQuestions.com. Chicago's Black Business Network is a social media management and training organization, and we are changing the way that Chicago connects. Visit us at Chicago's, that's Chicago with an S, Chicago'sBlackBusinessNetwork.com and be a part of all that we do. With us today is Dr. Auburn E. Ellis, a visual artist based in Chicago. Now that description is very limited is very limited and does not encompass or embrace her experiences in the educational uh, field or the arts. That is why this is just the first of a three-part series which will feature Dr. Alice and Mr. Trujillo only of Only Studios. Only is an innovator and advocate for bringing graphic novels into the classrooms. Therefore, I don't think the title of this segment is misleading. What can our children learn from our very own superheroes? As we discuss today, how you as an educator can bring graphic images and graphic novels that mirror our images into the classroom and use them as a teaching tool. Let's welcome Dr. Ellis to the show. Good morning, Dr. Ellis. Good morning. Thank you for being with us. I'm doing great. Now, before we share some information about 
Black economists and how parents and educators can get involved with the organization. We always want to know about the person behind the creation and the idea. So can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? Sure. Um, as you said, my name is Dr. Auburn Ellis. I just recently finished my doctorate degree at National U- excuse me, National Lewis University last June. It's in adult and continuing education, so basically teaching educators how to teach. Um, since then, I've engaged in a series of lectures in Asia and a couple of other countries. Uh, here recently, I had a show at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, kind of on the fine arts side. And I will also be doing a show at the Bridgeport Art Center during the third Friday to Bridgeport Art Center on July the 18th. Uh, my dissertation was about helping urban classrooms. So what can we really do to help public schools really meet the needs of communities of color? And I'll talk a little more about that later. But right now I'm serving as Director of Creative Engagement for Only Studios, and we're just trying to get graphic novels into the classroom and really help urban educators find ways to reach these communities of color. Great. What is Black Age Comics and why is it significant? So Black Age of Comics is an independent movement for global communities. And so we chose the title Black because, uh, you know, you kind of characterize things sometimes as the Bronze Age, the Silver Age, Gold. So Black does not necessarily denote any exclusions at all. People eat Chinese food, you're not Chinese. We're Italian, Italian food. So everyone, the Black Age is for everyone. It's about being a critical consumer. And you're operating in conjunction with the mainstream to give readers graphic novels with a culturally grounded perspective. So a lot of times, Western culture really characterizes Africa in a negative connotation. The illustrations and characters from the Black Age really reflect a rich African ethos. So characters like Nog, Malcolm Ten, remind us or are reminiscent of things in African-American culture. Community and identity development is really developed through uh, these graphic novels, and news media and pop culture often bombard us with a lot of So the Black Age is really the antithesis of this. We're about positive creativity, culture, and commerce. Great. You shared a lot of, a lot of uh, things right there. Uh, said a mouthful about how we should perceive the use of the word black in black age of comics. As an artist, I'm not an artist, but as a child, when we were learning our colors, my teacher told me black encompasses all colors. As an artist, is that how you look at it? Definitely. It's very true. Um, we kind of talk about in an art class, I'm an art educator as well, and I always tell my students the same thing that you just relate. You know, light comes from the dark. And so when we're talking about the actual color black, yes, all of the colors are in that. So we should really think of that holistically as a human race as we think about the black age and just embracing African-American culture in general. Now, why is having a positive fantasy life, and I never thought about it in those terms, significant for art and the classroom and maybe life in general? Right, definitely. I think people really think of graphic novels sometimes or comic books as things that are for children, but they're not. They're for adults. They're for all people. A positive fantasy life ultimately leads to a positive reality. We often talk about our dreams and the things we aspire for. That's our fantasy life. We haven't necessarily made that into a reality for ourselves yet. So the black age is really rooted in uh, rhythmistic 
um, art making. And if you take a look at the site and you have the Rhythmistic tab, you can take a look at the way that the positive fantasy is really influencing who we are as a person. So graphic novels are basically serving as a modality to achieve this positive life that we're talking about. Great. We're listening, uh, you're listening to CBBN Business Journal this morning. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue. Our guest is Dr. Auburn E. Ellis, and she's Director of Creative Engagement for Only Studios. Now, let me ask you this, Dr. Ellis. And dealing with youth, and I've been in and out of the public schools only, you know, as I did my stunt as substitute, as many, many, many people have. With, in dealing with young people, and, and adults as well, but I want to say it uh, from the perspective of young people, they do engage in a large amount of fantasy and fantasy life. Media, mass media, which is... And you, you're the educator. You tell me, mass media feeds that fantasy into them and defines what that fantasy is and controls how they bring that fantasy or interpret it, interprets it into their reality. So when I listen to youth a lot, just out walking around, there's a lot of fear in their fantasies. There's a lot of uh, they're afraid in their fantasies. There's a lot of violence in their fantasies, the way they react to life in their fantasies and dreams and what they think. So part of what you're doing, and you tell me, in this classroom and the discussion, because I'm about having discussions that I never, never have, and this is one. <laughs> never had a discussion about a fantasy. Is <laughs> helping them define and how they look at their fantasies and how to utilize them. Can I ask you that? Is that what you part of part of what you're doing as well? Definitely, because as you said, if you look at media and pop culture, even just here recently in Chicago, how many people you have seen that have died because of gun violence? We've had, you know, a couple of different incidents that I can think of. And so if you think about the fantasy life that these children are engaging in, things like the video games that they're playing or the reality television shows that they may be watching, all these things are not necessarily building positive identity and community development. They are, like you said, aiding violence and feeding into this notion of negative perceptions of African-American cultures. And so when you look at the Rhythmistic Institute or the Rhythmistic Movement, the Black Age Movement, take a character like Nog, for instance. He is the protector of the pyramids. How often do you even hear Egypt or Nubia culture referred to in an African-American sense or as a part of our history? It's, it's often removed from our culture. And so the Black Age really seeks to bring these things back in. So if you're looking at positive perceptions of yourself, then you can feel that in yourself. And you really develop more positively than you would if you're just always looking at these negative images and thinking that all that you're capable of is the same type of violence. Great. I, I do remember putting some information out there for Mr. Only, and the question was very simply, and sometimes simple things get more attention than complex things, and the question was, how many black superheroes can you name? And the response was, was very well because they've never seen that sentence even written or even it's not a part of our normal thought process to even think about 
Noel, as you said, a black superhero or super heroine. I don't know how to say the female part, the mm-hmm. woman hero. <laughs> uh, so it's not a part of uh, just like talking about positive fantasy life. It's not a part of our normal everyday conversations or something that we even know. We don't know what we don't know, so we have to bring that forth. And that's something I want to talk about in upcoming shows again, talk about positive fantasies because we are overwhelmed with negative fantasy life. Now let's, let's talk about um, what role can art-based learning play in the classroom? How can that be utilized in the urban classroom, graphic novels to speak of? Art-based approaches really help students build observation and communication skills. So if we're just asking them to simply read a graphic novel, you're already engaging so many different parts. They're reading, they're looking at the images. If you attend professional development provided by Only Studios, we can help equip educators with these different strategies to help them enliven their curriculum for visual learners. So in addition to really helping those reluctant readers with exciting plots, those visual readers will really be engaged by the images. And then also it has applications for the classroom. If I could just give an example, like the character Sister Girl, in her graphic novels, she is always discussing great eating habits, exercise, yoga, different ways to really live holistically, mind, body, and spirit. So there are a lot of different implications for the classroom. It's filling a lot of community needs that we have right now. Um, it's enhanced engagement via visual literacy, art models, and process workshops. So we're really going to be able to help teachers understand the ways that art can approach all subject matters. We're not just talking about art in the classroom. We're talking about how ways to enhance math, science, history, social studies, very, all different facets. So we're actually not speaking of art. We're talking about art and graphic novels overall. But for instructors and educators, you're not saying to them, you need to be an artist yourself. You tell me exactly what you're saying to them, that you're training them to do exactly exactly what. They don't have to be an artist, have to have an art background or understand art. You're exactly training them. Give me an example of that. Like I just said before, if you use Sister Girl for an example, say it's a health and wellness class or a PE class. Urban students may not be familiar with, like, yoga um, or, you know, different things like that and eating holistically. I've done a lot of research in my dissertation about uh, different communities that are suffering with food deserts and gentrification and all these different things. So we can meet all these different things just through a graphic novel. So if you can take one page from Sister Girl and bring it into your health class, and start to discuss what are ways, what does it mean to live holistically? What does it mean to make healthy choices when you're eating? Fresh foods, things that come from the earth. Um, And so all these practical applications, it's not necessarily just about drawing. Um, You don't even have to include drawing or illustrations at all. But just using the visual images as a way to excite students, as a way to kind of give them ownership in the learning process because they're already going to be looking at a positive female image um, that may have a natural hairstyle and is really reflecting them. And so they will really begin to understand the importance of making better choices through these graphic novels. I'm quite sure that you have been making this offer and putting this out there 
uh, and have have done this in some classroom. I know Mr. Only Only probably has. What is uh, what has been your reception thus far and your feedback thus far? Because this this will be a whole. Uh, I know he's been probably been teaching it in his classrooms for quite a while, but it's still a new concept for the uh, formalized in the classroom. What's been your response so far? I think the pos- the response has been very positive so far. Um, the reason that I started working with Only is because my dissertation was based on art-based approaches to learning. And so I developed a continuing education program just like this for teachers to be able to go into schools and help educators understand art-based approaches. And so uh, I've been doing this research, taking it to conferences, and it's been received very well because art has applications, as I said earlier, for all disciplines. Um, adult educators understand that it really helps them, even if you're just taking an image, for instance, and helping doctors or nurses or counselors just explain what they see in front of them. You know, you're helping your communication skills, you're building observation skills. And so other disciplines really can see the benefits of the art-based approaches. And so it's been received very well. Um, Just in terms of the culturally centered part of it, It's been received well also just because it's filling a need. You really don't see anything like this in the schools. Um, We're sticking to the same basic Western approaches that we've always seen, the same textbooks, uh, the things that you see in the media aren't necessarily positive. So this is really an alternative to all of that. And it definitely has been filling a need in, in the urban classrooms that I have been a part of. Okay. You listen to CBBN Business Journals with Dr. Auburn Ellis. Can you tell our listeners or educators who may be interested in being a part of this program how they can get in contact with you? Yes, definitely. You can go on to Only Studios. And if you're on the site right now, the link is there as well. Um, you can give me a call at 312 and if you visit www.onlystudios.com, you will see on the left-hand side a uh, rhythmistic curriculum, and you can click that tab there and get a brief overview of everything that we're doing. It includes some curriculum examples, workshop listings, and all the other information that you need to be a part of this. Um, the workshops can be on site as well, so we will come to you, or you could come to us. And so all that information is listed there. Okay. Now, Only Studios is spelled O-N-L-I-I Studios with an S at the end. O-N-L-I Studios dot com slash Mystic, R-H-Y-T-H-M-I-S-T-I-C underscore institute dot H-T-M-L. That's one of the links that I'm seeing here. And Dr. Ellis is the Director of Creative Engagement for Only Studios. She's also a member of Revival Arts Collective. What is Revival Arts Collective, Dr. Ellis? Revival Arts Collective is a group of artists on the south side of Chicago that is really focusing on the revitalization of urban communities through these same efforts that we're talking about, through art-based approaches. Um, So, for example, in 2012, we did a revival on uh, 47th Street. It was from 47th to 51st. I had a pop-up gallery underneath the Green Line um, in Bronzeville Cooking, which is about to be a restaurant, but it was kind of a vacant building at the time. And so we're just really looking at ways to bring arts into urban communities and revitalize them through farmer's markets, all these types of approaches. 
Um, so really the same thing that I've been talking about this entire time. Um, only is in the classroom. Revival Arts Collective is really in the community itself. Okay. Now, has this program been implemented in, in the classroom as of yet, formally? Um, which program? The what we're talking about here with only? Yes, yes. There have been a couple a couple of workshops that we have done. Yes. And as I said before, um, my dissertation was completed uh, in 2013, so I've kind of been doing this for a year outside of only also. Okay. Now, as far you you want to be classroom based only, what about nonprofit organizations who are involved uh, with youth and that type of thing? Would this be something that they that would work for them as well? Of course, we would definitely be willing to work with community organizations and not-for-profits. Um, the reason that we are really focusing on classroom educators right now is because as of July 1st, the Illinois State Board of Education will actually be changing the law and restricting uh, the way that you can receive your professional development. So I have been a CPS teacher for about seven years, and it's really varied the way that I can receive CPDUs, which is what you need to recertify every year. Um, the way that you can receive those credits has really been diversified. And so as I said, as of July 1st, they will be restricting uh, the way that you can get these CPDUs. So Only Studios is offering specials up until that time. We're offering up to 15 CPDUs for you to come in and engage in professional development with us. And so, as I said, we can come on site. But uh, outside of that, yes, we would still be willing to work with community organizations. But just in the next couple of months, we're doing a really big push for educators to help them fulfill their certification for the end of the year. So this is going to make it a little bit, is this going to make it a little bit different since they're, they're changing the structure to get recertified? or is it going to make it more convenient for them, or are they just changing some things? It's going to make it, I believe I can speak from me actually being a teacher, I think it's going to make it more difficult to recertify uh, because they are restricting the institutions that are allowed to give the CPDUs. So I may not necessarily be able to go to a community organization or a museum or a gallery to be able to get that. You know, as an art educator, it's important for me to be able to diversify the way that I certify because I have different needs than a regular classroom teacher. Um, so I think that this law will make it difficult, more difficult for the recertification. That's why it's Thank important you. that educators go on and sign up with us now. Thank you. Now, is there a particular start date for your workshop, or should they contact you for the start dates, times, and that type of thing? Is that listed on your website, or will that be placed on your website as well? Um, there is no specific date that we're offering right now. As I said, we can come on site. Um, we offer the workshops in a cohort model, so if you have a group of teachers who you would like to participate with, we can come to you. It's, it's, it's open. And you could also come to okay. us at the Bridgeport Art Center. So very flexible. Would you give the, uh, the address and information of the Bridgeport Center? That's what uh, only studios are located, correct? Yes. And okay, as would I you said, get that information? Um, sure, sure. 1200 West 35th Street, which is 35th and Racine. It's about five minutes from the Sox Stadium. 
uh, five minutes west of there. And also, as I said, every third Friday, there's an open studio from 6 to 10 p.m. So if you're interested more in the fine arts side, you can come and visit us then as well. Great. But you want them to come now because you said the, uh, the law is changing July 1st, correct? Was it July yes, 1st? Yes, ma'am. Yes, okay, ma'am. so you want them to contact you now. Dr. Ellis, before we close out, first of all, give us your contact information again, your, your direct contact information again. Sure. You can give me a call at 312-545-0094, or you could email me at auburn, A-U-B-U-R-N, at auburnaesthetic.com. Okay, give us and the telephone number one more, one more time. 312-545-0094. And do you have any final comments before we close out, Dr. Ellis, that you'd like to share with our listeners? I would just really like to urge educators to give us a call because, as we said, it's critical that you recertify every year. I'm a classroom teacher, I know. And so call us, email us, take a look at the website. We would love to engage with you and help you um, enhance your classroom curriculum. Thank you very much for being with us today. You've been listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. This segment is CBB and Business Journals. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. And we're a social media training organization, and we're changing the way that Chicago connects. We're looking forward to the upcoming, uh, upcoming segments with Dr. Ellis and Chatil only. So, Check our website, check, check our Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Chicago Black BUS, Chicago Black Biz, for more updates on when the next show will be. We want you to get over there. We want you to share this information. It's not about keeping it to yourself. It's about sharing it because your fellow teachers and instructors will be very interested in it. And if you're not familiar, if you are not at all familiar with the Black Age of Comics, you should go to Only Studios, that's O-N-L-I studios.com, and take a look. And I'll just do this as I close out. Um, a few years ago, I was summit coordinator for Black Wall Street Chicago, and I did the goodie bags. Till came over, brought me all kind of black comics, I call them comics, black comics, and I put some in the goodie bags. And... The body of people, adults, business organizations, they had never, ever seen these black graphics before. And they were more excited than a bunch of little children about it. So this is not out as as much as we want to. I do know Dr. Ellis that does he still have his studio in uh, DuSable Museum? Yes, the comics are available in the gift shop at the DuSable Museum. Okay, that's great. So you can be sure to visit DuSable Museum and take a look at his, at, his, at his shop and at his space over there. He's been over there a couple of years now, I think since the beginning of 20. So be sure to stop in the gift shop and take a look. But they were, uh, at that particular summit, they had never seen this before in their whole life. And we're not talking about children, we're talking about adults. Uh, graphic images that mirror who we are and our image. Dr. Ellis, thank you once again. This is Sonia Perdue. We're closing out, and uh, we look forward to having you back again on CBBN Business Journals. Everyone have a great, great 
Thursday in Chicago, wherever you may be in the world. And please share this information. Take care, and remember Harold Washington. Good day, everyone.